Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix. We're back again to review, discuss, watch, maybe argue about every horror movie on Netflix. Once again, I'm here, I'm Chris, here again with Patrick. That's Patrick Hello Zep done to you. Great new nickname. It's a Saw reference in case you missed us last week. And we also got Elizabeth. Yep, that's me. And Steven. Here again, it's Steven. Here again. Here again. <laughs> you say again so much when you introduce the podcast every week. And, uh... Again. You know, this week took us to back to alphabetical order after last week's little diversion, and we're still on the A's, getting a little late down in the A's. Now we got Anti-Birth. And we've been waiting for this movie for a while as a podcast, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I'm not sure why I've been waiting for it because I love Chloe Sevigny. Others, I think we've just sort of touted this as our first goal to get to. Anti-birth. It's got a great cover. It's a fantastic title. It's Chloe Sevigny. We should mention right at the outset, this is kind of a spiritual sequel to Hashtag Horror. We've got Chloe (laughs) Sevigny again reuniting with her real-life best friend, Natasha Lyonne. Uh, they were in Hashtag Horror together. They were, they briefly. They lived their lives together. It's and apparently. Um, distributed again by IFC Midnight. Mm-hmm. She also distributed Hashtag Horror. Which I, I have dark to... song, so they're batting 500. In, in an earlier episode, I said IFC Midnight is where it's at with horror, and I, I kind of want to take that back. They're great. They tweeted us, you know. They did tweet us. Oh, they, that's right. We have to tweet them for this, said, for this cast. Yeah, they, they said, said tweet us, us when know. we... Let us know when you review one of our movies. So, yeah. Yeah. IFC Horror. This will be our third IFC Midnight movie that we've reviewed, IFC and we're Midnight. only in the A's. But so. this is just our first since they tweeted at us, right? right? But good for them for putting all their movies at the beginning of the alphabet. This is this, <laughs> smart move. This is so pathetic. We get so excited when someone tweets at yeah. us. Unfortunately, Kill List is in the the K's and also uh, not on Netflix. Uh. Well, listen, everybody, I'm really excited about this movie because it is set in Michigan. Oh, I got some opinions about that. I do too. And yeah. gentlemen, I I'm sorry. Eagerly we don't talk over women on this don't, podcast. No, we talk over everyone. There's no discrimination. <laughs> There's no discrimination. Everybody gets kill your kill, kill your buzz, so to speak. Uh, continue. Well, it's set in Michigan, and this is literally the best movie set in Michigan that I've ever seen. You can tell as a native Michigander. This movie is pure Michigan. Guess what? It was shot in Ontario. Mm-hmm. But. That and the matter. plates are on the front of the car, and we don't do that here. No, we do. Do no, we? we don't? No, we don't. Yeah. When was the last time you My saw My mom's car has a plate on the front of it. Oh, a Michigan that's a plate? Yeah. Vanity it's choice not, on your yeah. mom's part. No, it's not. I mean, she has one on the back, too. <laughs> no. I mean, you're does, not. Does, re- does your mom have a vanity plate? No. It says like GKX5465 or something. That must mean something. She's proud of it. <laughs> Probably. She's flaunting it. <laughs> well, the point is, you only have to have a plate on the back of your car in Michigan. People generally don't have plates on the front of their cars. Okay. Well, it, it's irrelevant. Wow. You know, next time I say something on this cast, I'll think four times before I do it. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> Good no, idea. Don't. That was just a detail I noticed. I was like, the re- like how I found out this movie was supposed to be set in Michigan was like, oh, there's a car with a Michigan plate, but it's on the front of the car, and then we, we don't do Dude, that. Okay. No. It looks like Michigan. Mm. The people talk like Michigan. 
it feels like like I feel like I know all the people in this movie. Yeah. The music they use a lot of Detroit bands. Yeah. I, well, I know well, they just do. just one. Two. The, the Corys. Yeah. The Corys. All right. Let's, let's explain what this movie's about, and then I'll explain you why the Michigan Connection pissed me off. Ah. That's true. I do. I do want to get into the Michigan Connection, but we should probably talk about what the movie's fucking about for sure. It's if like. Like Greg Araki or John Waters directed absolutely fabulous as a movie and set it in Michigan. This would be it. So we've got two Ooh. aging party girls, right, who uh, find themselves in this sort of like grungy garage sort of setting where there's like literally like barrel fires going on, homeless people wandering around, and one of the girls gets a little too fucked up and has an encounter that is. Uh, kind of obscure but you sense that it's going to shape the way things happen going forward it seems like she gets knocked up it seems like it but it's clearly not like i thought that she was getting raped but i was like if she's actually getting raped right now his dick has to be at least 12 inches long because he's like off to the side later we find out what happened and there's a whole lot of subplots and weird shit going on in this movie yeah so basically you have a a woman who is pregnant completely drug addled and pregnant and dirt poor mm-hmm. and all her friends who are drug addled and dirt poor and not pregnant and she's wondering how did I get pregnant? Am I pregnant? Um, and she and says over and over I would know if I had sex. Yeah, she, yeah, doesn't she says think she hasn't she's, fucked anyone. Yeah. She thinks but she's a, also fucked up all the time right. and she seems like somewhat aware that like she she knows that she wouldn't remember and she continues to constantly abuse alcohol and drugs, even as she continues to become more visibly pregnant because she says, you know, I would know if I was actually knocked out. To the point that she rubs her belly against a microwave and sparks fly out of it. And she's like, if there's a baby inside me, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to kill her right now. It's going to have superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So playing fast and loose with the pregnancy and basically the mystery that's hanging over our head is how did she get pregnant and it, what's she pregnant with is it a healthy baby boy or is it something more sinister because we're in the horror section it's it more sinister be. it's a healthy baby girl <laughs> i was gonna say that was the implication in what chris said there i mean like even is it a healthy baby boy or is it something more sinister? removing the sort of like supernatural elements that come into play in this movie like the idea of a woman who lives this kind of lifestyle getting pregnant and having a baby and denying it to the point that you know that she's going to eventually give birth she's not going to have an abortion is terrifying like that is going to be a fucked up baby because she is constantly like every scene she's like let's go to the liquor store and get snacks and booze and she's doing whippets in the gro- you know in the in the convenience store like even without the horror elements, like this woman should not have a baby, and that that kind of set me on edge. Even that's, without that's the, horror in and of yeah, itself. Yeah. Even without the conventional horror stuff, this movie is extremely disturbing and depressing, just because of its gratuitous poverty porn. I would say. Well, you know, that's an interesting point. First of all, I think it's um, noteworthy that this woman, played by Natasha Leone, whose name is Lou in the movie, yes, r- remains. Honestly, frankly, cheerful at best and like pretty much carefree at worst throughout this. She seems to enjoy her life. Many people say, you need to take it easy, blah, blah. She's like, I don't really care, you know? And she doesn't seem particularly concerned at all. Uh, For a protagonist, she should be really unlikable 
and she's written to be unlikable, but her the performance Love that Natasha Leon gives is really charming. She knows exactly how fucked up she is. She has like these little wry witticisms that she throws in when people challenge her about her behavior. Yeah. I, I found her to be like oddly love. I kind of rooted for her. She grew on me. I did not like her at all at first, but she grew on me given my limited options in this movie. I think I just appreciated. <laughs> I think I just appreciated her. Um, spunk and her her general attitude i just appreciated um despite her often reprehensible behavior well it, it brought to mind i don't know like parker posey who's often played like the sort of bad i mean she's in the movie party girl which is a, i think a direct analog to this movie where she's like a person who makes a lot of bad decisions and is like in that movie parker posey's like trying to get her life together and uh you kind of root for her in this movie it lacks that character arc and somehow still i was interested to see this character go through her journey of like realizing like i need to grow the fuck up i am pregnant i don't know if she went through that journey but she was like kind of she was attractive to me because she was like kind of defiant of like she has nothing she has nothing going on in her life that's positive but she kind of has like a uh vivacious attitude about yeah it. yeah i think that defiance she's committed was, to like he's just committed to her impoverished lifestyle i think yeah. that defiance was interesting to me because you know something's wrong with that pregnancy yeah. and she knows something's you know she she obviously knows she hasn't been impregnated by a normal human person and doesn't have a normal human baby growing inside her and so there's something weirdly rebellious and defiant that I almost started to root for about, yeah, girl, you hit that bong again. Yeah, girl, you get fucked up again. Just stick it to whatever's inside of you right now. I think I started to sort of almost enjoy the terrible behavior because, like, you know, and she knows that the wrong thing is inside of her. Well, let me close the loop on the Michigan discussion. Yeah, no, it's still open because I have something else to say. Obviously, yeah, we're told the movie takes place in Michigan pretty much exclusively through license plates. And I could tell, living in Michigan, we're a Michigan-produced show, in case you didn't know, that it wasn't actually Michigan because no one wears their license plates like Michigan. And the license plates had the wrong fonts on them, etc. Just minor stuff you wouldn't notice unless you lived here. And so I became interested in, like, you know, where did this movie come from? Because it's depicting, like, the worst society ever and as i'm it felt to me like i was offended it felt to me so i did recognize certain things because i grew up on the other set the tracks from you guys and like the kind of shitty grungy part of monroe and it didn't even feel like that like there were detroit elements as well like the bowling alley they go to is like sort of a hipster thing that's like very like mixed race sort of hipster bowling alley that i felt like was reminiscent of what's what I would see in Detroit at like the you know the the um the magic stick bowling alley whatever the fuck that's called well I just disagree with all of you because I okay I didn't know this was filmed in Ontario Ontario Michigan whatever I loved this movie 80% because I was like I have like been I know people like this and they're they talked like we do and I, I literally know people like this, and like I feel like I've been to the place, like I've been to like a party like that in like oh. a fucking warehouse where Same. there's like barrel fires and stuff, you know. And like this Lou woman lives in a trailer out, sort of in the middle of nowhere, you that know. She inherited from her dad because he was in Vietnam. Right. I know people who live in places like that, and like I've been to places like that, and it's snowy and it's winter throughout this whole movie, and it's gray and. 
I don't know. I just, I, I really appreciated the setting of it. I strongly agree with all of that. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's in Sudbury, Ontario, which is where it was shot. I mean, you can represent different locations and all kinds of other locations that aren't that location. And the license plate are, is a minor detail to me. Um, I mean, the, the thing that really stuck with me more than anything else, and a lot of things you just said, and even that Steve just said as well, were like, oh, yeah, that's stuff I know. But more than anything, the dialogue just rang true yes. almost every line. It's like I've heard yes. women who are kind of, I don't know, there, there's something about women in, in Michigan or the Midwest where you, you develop a, a, and a special toughness. And there was a toughness to those conversations that was masking uh, deeper pain or a deeper kind of hurt and they were having these very sort of tough conversations that I feel like well, I heard talking... especially women have yes what you're saying is true but also we have to keep in mind this movie is a, a black 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 comedy yeah like it is trying to represent this place but like we're not meant to take the dialogue seriously or the setting seriously it feels almost like if it feels almost to me like this movie is set in a sort of post-apocalyptic wasteland, like yeah. it feels oh, like there's so like, yeah, Michigan. So well, yeah, yeah that's exactly. My like issue. it feels like it feels like there's like something outside of the narrative that set the bar for like here's like a different version of Midwestern life that is removed somewhat from what we experience now. I disagree. I, I, know, I think it was total now. reality. And the, di- I, the dialogue I mean, was very like Diablo Cody. At least in the beginning it felt like every line was just sort of like a ridiculous sort of like pun like like I don't know like the, the, a woman refers to uh Natasha Leone's breasts as breastesses, you know, like it's just like there's lots of like weird little shit thrown in. I disagree. I've, just been so much, I've been around it, so many like drunk High ladies in the UP yeah. that are just talking exactly like that. It's like shit, man. I don't but that's yeah. that woman that, is the oh, one. The frequency with which people called each other man was another thing where I was just like, so oh, right women call each other man. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, just, I, I was offended because they went out of their way to say it was in Michigan when they could have just not put the fake license plates on the cars and it could have taken place anywhere. The director I read had the actors you know watching documentaries on Appalachia, which is kind of like what you think of when you think of people who are this poor. Living this oh, that's life. amazing! Um, yeah. And they, it could have been anywhere, but they went out of their way to say it's Michigan, as if it was a comment on Michigan. And none of the people who made this movie are from Michigan, and so living in Michigan, it's I exploitative. Like, I, don't, I don't want to see my state portrayed this way. It, and I don't. So uh, one film that this brought to mind was uh, Patrick. We saw this together, The Alchemist Cookbook. Yeah, uh, which is you know made by a Grand Rapids filmmaker, set in Michigan, but it's set out way out in the woods and who knows where in a trailer in and trailer, like. Yeah. I, I even felt like that movie was like that's not representative of that's like if somebody who lives in Detroit like decides to leave it goes off and does something crazy in the woods this movie had a similar vibe but I f- didn't feel like the people who made the film like understood what Michigan is like at I'm, all I, I just feel like maybe you guys are confused I mean there's a lot of Michigan that is like that and there's a whole lot of people who live in trailers in rural Michigan. I mean, I don't know if you've read any Bonnie Joe Campbell, but like, especially the west side of the state, when you get really rural, up like not on the lake, obviously, but like, I mean, this is a huge, huge like meth and opiate. Place. Oh no! Trust me, and like I've I have I just opiate addiction in my family. I have been in trailer parks multiple times, but there was I didn't feel like the the filmmakers and the actors like really like had a connection to that the movie that is not a problem for me though because it all worked 
Like I, the I movie enjoyed was it. originally going to take place in the desert. I read it was going to take place in like like Joshua Tree area, and then oh, they really? did, yeah, and then they that decided they were going to make actually. it in Canada, and so they made it in in can- this town in Canada that's like above Lake Huron, and I guess maybe because they were getting like subsidies from the Canadian government, they weren't allowed to say this is Canada and it looks like shit, so they were like, well, yeah. Michigan can look like shit. Sure, no one will question it. All this is to say, I love the aesthetic of this movie, that it's like set in the grungiest, dirtiest place possible. And it is a dirty movie that made me feel sick for being a person having a body. And I did, like, I, that's a specific thing for me that I kind of enjoy, like a, like a David Cronenberg level, like body horror. Like yeah. watching this thing, everything about it made me feel ill. Yeah, I mean, strongly agree with all that. But I mean, I strongly disagree with who said it was exploitative. That, was that you? I did, yeah. yeah. I strongly disagree that it's exploitative because, I mean, no matter where these people come from, they still, in my mind at least, captured, very honestly, what life is like for a huge part of Michigan in, in a way that was not, like, yeah, trying but to poke pl- fun. No, it's played for... I, I feel like it's played for black comedy. I feel like like there are like a few touching moments, but I feel for the most part they're exaggerating poverty. They're not portraying poverty honestly. I mean, look at so can you, look at can Natasha you give me an example of that? Yeah. Look at Le- Natasha Leone's apartment. I mean, she or her I'm sorry, not her apartment, trailer. her trailer. She's got like a suicide poster. Like she's clearly a hipster and like has this like it's like trashy but also like luxurious. Like she's got all of her sort of like hipster paraphernalia. She has a fucking black dice record in her record collection okay it's like so, i can't imagine that kind of person would live in a trailer in the middle of nowhere in michigan so i i i i, I want to throw those examples out because suicide and dead moon are both on the soundtrack and their posters are both in the trailer and i felt sure. like those were some kind of hipster nods that i'll give a pass but can you give me some other example of how they were mocking this culture because, I mean, even that example that you give, I don't feel is necessarily mocking the, it's these It's the sense that, that I culture. feel like everything was played... I mean, it's clearly played for comedy. It's a black comedy, but I don't think at the expense of, like, this, this lifestyle or that poverty or that desolation. I don't know. I, I don't know. How comedic can you be about that kind of situation, especially if you don't come from that situation? And I don't get the feeling that the director did. It's... I feel like... I'm not I love this movie. <laughs> like I I feel like it's the level of comedy is exactly where it needs to be. The level of humor is exactly where it needs to be. It is a movie like it reminds me of, you know, John Waters, like, you know, Pink Flamingos, Desperate Living, where you're dealing with like people in trailers who are decide that they want to break out of like the poverty and be exceptional in some sort of way. But I don't feel like this movie accurately predict like um uh, portrayed life in rural Michigan in any sort of way. Like I, feel, I didn't recognize these settings. I, I agree with what you say with what you said about the the comedy being at the exact right level. But I I feel like the exact right level is where it was still respecting those people. You know, the, Natasha Leone's character, as I already said, I, I feel like I really identified with her and appreciating that character. Even Chloe Sevigny's character, sure. I appreciated quite a lot. I the comedy never stooped to the level of making fun of those people. Okay, that that's that's perfect. I do agree with that. 
Well, I think that I'd like to say a little bit more about the plot of this and how it moves forward because after Lou, so so Lou and Lou played by Natasha Lyonne and um, Chloe Sevigny, who plays Sadie, are at this party. They're party girls, whatever. And so immediately Lou starts displaying signs of an unusual pregnancy. And as we've said, she denies it. And basically the first half of the movie is sort of her continuing to party and Sadie kind of tempering her, but not really yeah, as yeah. weird things happen. You know, it's a like light touch. her her belly, she puts her belly up against the microwave, there's electric sparks. You know, she keeps And then the microwave explodes. The microwave explodes. <laughs> smoke everywhere, which is amazing. Which like was that, was that a microwave? We were yeah. uncertain if it was a microwave. Also, or like a if TV. you've had a microwave though, they do that all the time. So No, fine. it was totally <laughs> a microwave. Yeah. My she, microwave she was, was never she was sparked. cooking corn dogs in the microwave. Yeah, yeah. And she was like hammered. So like whatever. <laughs> Another great We've touch. All done that. Another great um, touch. You know, and um, there's some kind of just scenes that sort of emphasize just kind of setting up the characters, which I appreciate it. I like that. You know, scenes of them driving around rural, quote unquote, Michigan. In any other movie, it would be a painfully slow burn, but because those actors are so good, the characters are so interesting and funny, and the dialogue so, is so she, good, point, I was totally in. She, like, so. Uh, um, Natasha Leone works like part time. It seems like she works whenever she is able to work. Like whenever she's <laughs> yeah. not like totally fucked up. Literally one a, time in the entire a, movie. In, in one time in the entire movie at a at a motel like cleaning, and like I like that detail as well. That like she's got a job that like is flexible enough that like you understand when she gets there, her boss is snorting coke on a, like a washing machine when she comes in. It's like okay, she can work whenever she wants to. Yeah, like, like she's fucked up the whole movie, but like. There's no one in this movie who isn't fucked up the whole movie, really. Right. No, everybody's fucked up, and also like it doesn't feel except like these the black are, guy. It well, she's like also a marine. Like she has like military experience. Too. I was confused about that, but, but I was confused. But like I think most, like what I've read is that, like most people in this movie are su- you're supposed to read it as the the like military vets. Mm. Well, there's a scene where she says like, "Oh, training that's that shit ain't for me" or something. I don't know, whatever. But um. What I was going to say is none of the people in this movie seem like they're living on the fringes of their society. Like, yeah, they have plenty of like friends and people to give them rides and people to bring them food. Like they seem to have a perfectly functional life. Not really. functional, once, but like desolate. Yeah, true. Still. I mean, it's terrible life. But not once do you see someone who like has their shit together looking down on anybody. Nor yeah, do you no, ever see anyone really yeah. struggling. Like at the worst point, some like anytime someone's like hungry, someone calls them and it's like, "Hey, do you need cigarettes and donuts?" Yeah. I'm coming to get you, you know? Which I get the impression that people it's, who live like that have that sort of it's, society it's together. bottom feeders bonding is this movie. Right. Which is like, I love it because it's played for humor, but also with empathy. It's like I didn't think this movie was funny. I There was a point in this movie, it is a deeply upsetting movie. Like, yeah. every element of it is, like, gross and just sort of, like, too recognizable for me. But there was a moment where I started laughing. Mm. There were some... There there are definitely some chuckles in the movie. It's... it's I would call it a black comedy. But I think... And this crystallizes my point further. I think there's no jokes in the movie that the characters don't get. There's humor, but it's between the characters. That's and a good it's stuff point. they yes. laugh at to each other. Yeah, the characters are funny. The situations, the circumstances are not funny. And we should mention there's some subplots that involve, like, uh, you know, we touched briefly on the the kind of opioid epidemic. Like, we have these just general burnouts, but then there's, like, something darker going on with the drug scene. There's a human trafficking subplot. 
apparently. Yeah, and there's well, like a weird drug that like everyone takes like 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 um Natasha Leone like gets this drug from a drug dealer, but then when she goes to the hotel, her boss has the same drug and she's giving it to her son to help with his like ADD or something. Yeah. Well, there seems to be so this is, you know, this movie is really centered on the drug scene and you get the impression that um, these people are all involved with these drug dealers, right? And they have this mysterious new drug that's going to be a cheap high, but they're not sure how to cut it yet. And the first element I think of real horror is introduced is when you see a disfigured woman. Oh, God, yeah. Who is sort of being kept as a slave, working for these true two drug dealers? Yeah, that was really hard to watch. And she seems to she seems to crave more of this drug, and they tell her not to take it. And her face is just completely disfigured. And she's uh, seen entirely from behind for a bit, and then there's this horrifying reveal. And so that's your first impression that there's this hard drug that they're not sure how to deal with that people are bec- that they're giving to people that they're becoming addicted to that it's um having terrible terrible side effects oddly enough early on in the movie i actually liked the drug dealer character gabriel i liked um, him throughout the movie because too. Well, he, he was, was hot, one of the only helps. guys he, he was one of the only guys who gabriel like, um, the guy who was lifting weights yeah, you guys liked him. I liked him because he, he was, was the only—he was the only person in the movie who could put a sentence together. He was fucked up. He seemed yeah, smart. He, I, I agree with Chris, and also well, he like, wasn't he was fu- very attractive. He wasn't so. fucked up. That's the point, right, Chris? He wasn't. Do- you never yeah. saw him. No, take I mean a drink, he was a anything. fucked up person. Like early on, he's in the a movie, person, but he's not fucked. He's not taking the drugs. He, no, he's not like, taking he's, drugs. He's the but only he's like, sober person in this movie. He was a terrible person. Early though. on in the movie, Lou and Chloe Sevigny were just hard to watch and hard to listen to, and I was like, oh god, I can't do this. And you then, don't know people I, like that. No, I don't associate with them for a reason. That's so interesting. I know a lot of people like that. I associate with fucked up people. That's kind of my MO. But uh, I did have a hard time in the first, like, 30 minutes of this movie, like, seeing those two characters interact. Well, when do you guys feel like this movie really, like, picks up? When were you... I mean, I was sitting down riveted from the beginning, but where do you feel like you got the impression, like... I don't know. What do you feel like is the turning point? Definitely, I know. I have a distinct answer to that question. It's when she fucking, she's sitting on the floor, she's fucked up, she gets out a kitchen knife, slices off the tip of her fucking God damn that scene. stocking, yeah, rolls that was, back her, her fishnet stocking. There's a huge blister on her foot that we've jelly never just seen pours before. out of her foot. You're, spoiler alert, you're jumping ahead. We'll get to that in a minute. No, um, there's a huge blister on the bottom of her foot and she uses the kitchen knife. Oh, she used the... Uh, a lighter, a cigarette lighter to like heat up the kitchen knife and then she just lances this huge blister on her foot. It's disgusting and I felt like I just literally just cringed, had this permanent like ooh on my face for like the I don't know, thirty, forty minutes, so whatever so comes that's after late. that. That's late in the movie. It is pretty late. Her pregnancy kinda of slowly develops and then it really develops and then, you know, the movie's over. You're waiting the whole movie to see, oh, what kind of baby is she gonna have? And then you find out and the movie's over. And until that point very slow boil. It actually kind of reminded me of Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> what? Jesus. What the fuck are you talking about? kind of see that. Because it was just like this, like, you know, bitter winter and these, like, miserable people. And they all have the same accent. Great performances. Walking around talking. Great performances. Best comparison like, we've had on this podcast. That's pretty good. That's Sitting pretty around. good. Um, and so nothing happened. So really, the point for me where I became interested is just at whatever point I started to actually appreciate 
like Lou as a character, which was I don't know maybe halfway between the beginning of the movie and when she cuts her foot. Um, well, her, like her, her. Oh, and then she wraps like, it in toilet paper. We should also note that she bandages it in toilet paper. Well, yeah, because that's what she has available. I know, but it's just the whole scene is just so. I was just it's all ugh, gross. Yeah. Ugh, grossest thing I've seen. She becomes like in a like, while. Her arc is so interesting because like she commits to being fucked up. Like that's her yeah. journey as a character, it's and like, that's why she's likable. I know, right? Like right. that's I've never seen that before. No. Well, Chris, I'd love for you to succinctly <laughs> explain Lorna because I had some trouble understanding her relation because she was like yeah. the government fucked me lorna is a older woman who shows up kind of early on in the film but you don't see much of her she is meg fir- tilly yeah she is first seen at a gas station looking at missing women posters so you think that she may be the mother of one of these girls perhaps the girl with a disfigured face someone who is involved in the human trafficking subplot um, but then she finally runs into Lou at her motel job and turns out she's actually kind of in town because she's following like a psychic aura that she she was in the service and had an unexplained encounter with something paranormal. And since then, she's been psychically sensitive and she's drawn to people who have the similar type of psychic aura about them. And Lou is one of those people. Well, the only reason I wouldn't recommend this movie to someone is because this movie is basically Repo Man. Like, the plot is exactly the same. Is someone having a baby in Repo Man? I haven't seen it. There's not a baby happening, but, like, the alien, like, abduction sort of, like, weird, like, cult conspiracy thing is the plot of Repo Man. And it's also, like, structured exactly the same way. Hmm. Something I didn't like about this movie is that the director comes from a music video background, and he lets you fucking know it in this movie. I don't know why he all did. These... He did like the animal animal collective yeah. like odd sack thing. I'm getting sick of these fucking music video directors who think they want need to put music videos in all their fucking. Movies. But that's everybody we love. It's you know David Fincher's Spike Jones. I strongly disagree. I mean, so you're talking about the uh, the dream hallucination sequence there's she se- has, yeah, right? Yeah, there's a there's a dream hallucination sequence, but that's not it. There's several where it's just like people driving in cars and there's like thumping bass and it just goes on too long and there's too many cuts when they first get to the bowling alley and there's like the kids having a pizza party but it's all like slow-mo goes on way too I long I love that Look, I actually I love that. that too especially cutting through there's a cake that has a, a photo oh of my the god birthday that was my child. favorite part about this the, where they cut through the kid's face through his eyes there's a photo of the birthday child printed on the cake and then the knife runs through the kid's face you see that in slow-mo and there's a conversation going on in the background it still serves a narrative purpose it doesn't really i don't think that scene serves a narrative purpose i was just like i love that image i love it's it. a funny image it would have been funny like a tim and eric thing or something but, but not in a movie. Oh, i didn't find in it funny movie. it didn't build to the i didn't it, think it was funny it didn't like build the movie's momentum at all it was just like oh, i mean there's there, there's this here. recurring image there so the bowling alley that steve referenced earlier is fun called zone the fun zone yeah and in the commercials for it there's these horrifying looking teletubby like creatures who have masks that look yeah. almost like uh what do you call that japanese uh theater that kabuki? I keep, uh, kabuki i think that that may not be quite what i'm looking for but the 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 their faces look like japanese masks this looks like blow-up dolls they have like the open mouth yeah, yeah like they're horrifying the and they show up several times and there's this incredible hallucination sequence that natasha leone has where she's hallucinating about sort of having this baby as these teletubby like things are attending to her and it's just 
amazing. Well, I think that one of the things that I didn't like very much about this movie is the sort of um, like drug sequence element to it. Um, which I did, I understood why they did it because first of all, all the characters are wasted all the time. Yeah. But second of all, there's this mysterious drug that people are taking slash being administered. But that was a little much for me. Like, there's always trippy fucking shit on TV that's like, what is this? And, you know, there's a lot of flashbacks or like visions that Natasha Leone has where these like fuzzy creatures are like giving her vaginal exams or just dancing on TV. And there's this like yeah. sort of mysterious place, the fun zone, which is a bowling alley. But like, no one would ever let these creatures like entertain children. Um, so I, that was a little much for me, but I did understand why they did it. I mean, who's to say clowns entertain children? And in certain contexts, those are pretty horrifying. Yeah, but this creature is like, it looks almost exactly like the, the thing from like Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. <laughs> like in Twilight Zone, yeah. but like in Technicolor. I got that reference. It's like Haven't pretty ridiculous it. and weird. But like, I, there are people who just have the TV on all the time. I and know, like, but that's who this movie is so, about. Yeah, like, people live it... in trailers who like are constantly fed just information, but don't process it and live life like totally irrationally because they're not totally they're not connected to what's going on around them and that's what i loved about this movie is like these are people who like are making bad choices constantly and we can see where they're going wrong some of the stoner tv stuff was fine i liked how some of it kind of primed you for alien stuff you know there's like talking heads on tv late at night and they're like alien blood they're coming and they're checking our blood for blah 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 and it was kind of like they live i kind of like that um but then yeah some of it was just gratuitous like oh i'm a music video director here's some psychedelic imagery and it's like if i wanted to do drugs i'd fucking go do drugs i really didn't feel that at all i felt like the the trippier stuff was mostly well placed and well used um you know you can get and god bless david lynch i i absolutely love david lynch but certainly some of his films get into these just tangents that go on for fucking way too long and this i felt like there were definitely some very lynchian moments and lynchian scenes but they served a purpose for for the for the large part i think one of the most horrifying parts of this movie is as lou gets more and more pregnant so she's (laughs) inexplicably slash very reasonably wearing a full fishnet (laughs) bodysuit yeah and as she gets more and more pregnant her like which happens very suddenly. Her pregnant belly just, like, shoves this, like, fishnet bodysuit out. And it starts to, like, stretch. And she's, like, cutting various parts of it open. Which I thought was a fantastic element. There's a moment where she says, look at me. Yeah, and, like, she's, and she's, she's like, like, holding her belly out. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, she's, like, really unreasonably pregnant, right? I mean, no oh, one yeah, is no one actually like that, that pregnant. Yeah, she is huge. And, you know, we know as the movie goes on that this pregnancy has something wrong with it. I mean, she's peeling off skin from her face oh god she's her nipples are bleeding her pregnant stomach is covered in like pulsing veins you know we are just waiting i'm not a woman and i felt grossed out by this like i'm curious as to what like your experience was like like the the nipple bleeding especially i just assume that's what pregnancy is gonna be like i'm just kidding (laughs) um no it seemed horrifying i mean you know it's wrong and i think by the time the movie is nearing its climax we're just waiting what is what possibly is going to come out of her right like that's what we're all waiting for yeah and and, you know we'll get to that 
pretty soon here, I think, right? All those gross pregnancy details, though, I... They were surprisingly tasteful to me. Because, I mean, when you rattle off the list like that, and all those things that you just mentioned do happen, bleeding nipples and all that shit, but none of that is overdone. <laughs> you know, and it sounds funny, because, I mean, this movie is still pretty over the top, but there's a bleeding nipple scene, but it's not... I don't know. I, it, it didn't strike me as gratuitous. No, I mean, it fits within the, the context of what they're trying to do. It's definitely a body horror type of movie. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to go body horror, go all out. But it's not all out, I guess I would say. I mean, it does. There, there, there's some really gross stuff, but it doesn't. I guess I would just say it doesn't overdo it. Hmm. I don't know. I don't really know how to describe that. Meg well, Tilly, though. How did you guys feel about Meg Tilly? I thought she was great. Fine. Great Oscar like, winner. I, I, Meg I, I, Tilly. I, didn't, I didn't recognize her at all. Yeah. It's the voice. Me neither. I, I discovered that after the fact. But do it for a little bit of exposition. Fine. She's fine. I'm not yeah. sure. I just liked I'm with her. Chris. I'm yeah. not sure if she needed to be there. <laughs> yeah, but I just liked her kind like, of off-putting personality. But the way I, I felt like I gravitated to her as I feel oh, like this is about, the person in charge who we're going to trust to kind of guide uh, uh, Lou through this process. Talking about Meg Tilly is overanalyzing this movie. Like this <sighs> is like the modern version of Repo Man, where like it really doesn't matter what happens in this movie. I well, the like movie is it's, just a, uh, it's, it's really just kind of biding its time until we get to see the baby. Yeah. Yeah. You guys exactly. Talk about the baby. Let's review it first. We're going to have to review it first because we can only show you the baby in the spoiler room. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So, <laughs> Chris. That's our new spoiler room. Steven. Patrick. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Steven, would you cue it, view it, screw it, have an alien baby, live in a trailer in rural Michigan? Do a bunch of mysterious drugs, all of the above, none of the above. Take your pack. Well, I've done many mysterious drugs, and I've not lived in a trailer, but been pretty close. <laughs> um, I would say cue it, not view it. Like I feel like if I was like fifteen. I would have loved this movie. Like, this would have been, like, in the realm of, like, Liquid Sky and Pink Flamingos, like, a cult film. I feel like it's trying too hard to, like, achieve that level of, like, dirty, gritty cinema and, like, just, you know, doesn't work. But it was fun to watch. I enjoyed it. All right. Chris. This is going to be a conversation we have to continue in the spoiler room. I'm going to say screw it because most of the movie is kind of boring. I didn't like the atmosphere. I didn't like the... I mean, I like. I came to like the characters, but it was a hard watch. It was very depressing. And then at the end of all this poverty porn, at the end of all this human trafficking shit, the end of this, like, you know, flirting with the opioid epidemic... I'm like, what are they trying to say about all this? And then it basically kind of turns to nothing more than a punchline at the end. Well, to that I will say, like, I love Repo Man, which we should watch together sometime, which is a movie that, like, <laughs> is about nothing, ultimately, in the end. And I feel like this movie is trying to do the same thing, where it's like, like, it's like modern social commentary, but, like, ultimately... There's really nothing to take away from it. I it's didn't just an see the it's commentary. A, it's an observation and not a conclusion. I thought that, yeah, I thought that at the end of the day, it, they were just kind of playing all this stuff for comedy and for this, like, pseudo-edgy punchline that we'll get to in the spoiler room about, and it didn't really justify all the poverty porn and all the, like, feelings that this movie gives you before it. I just didn't think it was a good effort, so I'd say screw it. Fuck it. 
Wow. Wow. All right, Patrick. Loved it. View it. Wow. With prejudice. Wow, wow, wow. One of the strongest view it's I've had. Uh, maybe stronger than a dark song. Uh, I just loved it. Top let to me, bottom. Let me just show you the dark song blu-ray so you remember how remember. you felt about this movie i remember just look at it deeply i remember i remember and you feel more strongly about this movie than dark song okay i do i had I a just, better time i love the fucking ending it. it ended and i was just like i was just like screaming i had a very you, screaming okay, like, elizabeth remembers i had a very you were like carrie elwes at the end of saw just like my family i was like he uh, sawed like, off his leg i was like my alien baby oh actually that's a spoiler <laughs> no, we should say that for the spoiler. spoiler no but i mean i i really loved the depiction it, it it all felt very true to me the the depiction of the characters felt very true to me i loved the psychedelic shit i loved the alien shit it felt like uh it felt x-filesy to me in a way um I love the body horror. It, it was just everything. So it, it just hit. It checked so many boxes for me. So many things that I enjoy. The um, ending was super fun. It. I agree. The ending was super fun. The ending really got me excited. I it just, just thought, felt incongruous to, to I, you. I thought the rest of the movie was not good enough to you know you yeah. can't save the whole the movie wasn't fun to watch the ending was very fun to watch most of the movie wasn't fun to watch and I thought it was going to pay off somehow and it paid off with something that i kind of resented i just really disagree i i thought the re- i thought the whole thing was fun to watch i was totally in from like minute two okay elizabeth elizabeth what do you think this is my strongest view it wow uh i loved it i you know i don't chris I, you know i love you but i don't know what you're talking about poverty porn i mean the fundamental thing that makes porn porn is that it's not something that you would typically see in daily life this is shit that that people live like this i don't know why you keep calling it poverty porn it's not like we're looking at them like oh wow people live like this people do live like this because he has delusions about his state no it's a it's a heightened version of the lifestyle like isn't this is not a documentary i mean we know chloe can act natasha leone is great no you know what if if this were if this were meant to be such a relatable thing then the director wouldn't have had to have his cast watch documentaries about what's going on in like the poorest part of america in appalachia dude but appalachia is so closely related to here people moved from kentucky and moved from appalachia to here i mean that's true that's why they're you know that's why hillbilly that's why hillbilly culture you know i mean hillbilly culture is a thing in michigan down river like have you been to down river this is a thing and it comes from Appalachia. Downriver. Like Appalachia like is a is an absolutely relevant reference well, point look, for okay, what they were doing. But what it doesn't Guys, matter if it's relatable. Come to, to me. my neighborhood sometime, and we'll we'll reenact this movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I think it's whether or not you're saying that it's not torture porn or it's not, not poverty porn. <laughs> no, it's definitely because, torture porn. It's torture for sure. I should I should live where I'm close enough to the circumstances. Well, I personally I'm not, I'm not that you but, should. No, no, you're not. This movie's made well, for like, a broader hold audience. Hold on, let's let Elizabeth Elizabeth finish her. Well, review. well, I, no, I called Chris out, so I understand. Yeah, why Chris, he's finish your point. Actually, I want you to finish your point. My point is that whether or not like I should be more exposed to this because I live in Michigan, like this movie is made for people all over the country, and sure. it's. It, I don't think it's trying to portray a typical thing or even something that most people can relate to. Yes, there's like a, a population that lives like this, but I don't think they're represented 
much in the media. I don't think they're that visible to a lot of people in day-to-day life. That's why you had to have the cast watch the documentary on Appalachia to get to understand these people. They, the, why didn't they say, oh, so yeah, the mentality of this movie. Susan, you know. So what, is well, your, so what is your point, though? How did this come up? I said that Chris calling this movie poverty porn didn't hit well with me. Because it's not it's poverty not porn. Something it's you see in daily life. The filmmakers, I wrote down, I could pull back up my laptop. I wrote down a list of like things I thought of while watching this movie. And most of them were directors. So I thought of John Waters and Harmony Kareen and Greg Rocky. And like, it's not poverty porn. It's taking a real life sort of horrible situation, terrible lifestyle. And finding a way to make comedy out of it while also being true to the source. That was the sense I got from this movie. Like, I don't think it's like, exploiting poverty. It's trying to, like, accurately portray that lifestyle but make it funny. So that, like, people who live that sort of lifestyle can laugh at themselves. I, I, I don't, I don't I agree with like that. I feel like I don't but. usually call you guys out. but Well, not you, Patrick, actually. But I feel like mm-hmm. you guys are just being, like super incent like this is life for many people and this is how they live and like it's not funny and it's not like a voyeur like let's look at how these people live through a lens like this is just a port like this is just a portrait of how many people live just like looking at how rich people live and or you know how what? yeah I mean, and they believe in what? they believe in aliens and aliens end up inhabiting their i don't know <laughs> well here's the thing all right if there had just been a movie about these people who live like this and stuff like i said i got drawn to the characters i was invested in them and their circumstances and stuff if it, they had just if it was a movie that happened to take place with these people great but they actually turned the circumstances of their poverty into a ironic punchline at the end of the movie which we're about to talk about in a second and I thought that was tasteless and I don't know if the director has any experience living in this kind of poverty but I just thought he was handling the topic with kid the, gloves just like he was handling human trafficking and the opioid you guys are assuming gloves. too much this movie is not trying to be about this lifestyle or scenario this is a pure exploitation movie like, I mean, that's all I it is. Agree. Like, there's nothing to gain. You're not meant to get a message from this film. Well, I okay, like, I, I disagree. Okay, so a minute ago, you said it wasn't exploitative, and you vacillated on that, and I'm very puzzled by if you think this is exploitative puzzled, or not. one of your favorite words, it but I, I've my changed my mind. Words. After we've talked about it more, I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, this is not, like, it is an exploitation movie, but it's, I feel like it's trying to, like, glom onto this particular milieu of sort of Michigan and poverty and that sort of thing, but like in like a Repo Man sort of way, where it's like, it's not really about anything. It's a punk rock movie. It's not trying to say anything or do anything revolutionary. It's just a movie where a lot of fucked up shit happens, and that's it. I mean, I, I think we're I guess, about I guess it too I can much. more or less agree with that, which leads me to the point I had to make about Chris's thing, which is I don't think it turns in an, into a joke. We can get into this more in the spoiler room, but that ending doesn't really have anything to do with the circumstances of the characters. The this is all it's setting. It's setting. Like the that ending is not a joke on the characters. Uh, it's just a the uh, ending. Well, I have uh, thoughts. I think the uh, ending is actually possibly more profound than what, one might realize. Well, well, well what, what I was going to say is that I think that you can set this movie in any time, in any place, and in any level of intelligence wealth mm-hmm. you, you could do that right you can have a woman impregnated by a i mean we have seen this in our podcast you can have um 
the, the astronaut's wife. You can have... Oh, I thought of that during this movie. I was like, have this is what the astronaut's baby. wife I mean, should have been. It doesn't matter. They chose to set it in quote-unquote rural Michigan with people who are very poor. Fine. You know? Um, doesn't matter. The outcome of the movie is not really, is not a commentary on the fact that these people are poor partiers. That's a setting that they chose, which we can argue about what that setting means for until we're blue in the face, which I'm purple, so fine. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that choice almost elevates it more because you could have another generic movie that's about upper middle class people who this happens to. And this chose to come up with some real people who felt real to me. You could do this story with any kind of characters. It doesn't It doesn't matter that they're from rural Michigan. Like I said, I agree, except they do kind of... It seems like there's a reason why they, they took the approach that they did. It was for the sake of a punchline. Also, I, I think if it, you're... It's not completely arbitrary. Like, if they set this story, but it, like, took place during slavery or something, I think they would be assuming some sort of responsibility for the story they're trying to tell and why they're setting it in slavery. And... So are you Guys, arguing movie... that these characters should have been just sort of more milk toast and more generic? Because I would have. No, I, I greatly think, I think prefer the more specific just... characters, the more specific setting that they had. Just the ending. It's something about it rubbed me the wrong way. We're about to talk about it. Well, can I just finish my yes, review, please. please? Oh um, God, yeah. Sorry, we're still mid Elizabeth's review. Um. I thought that the ending was one of the most delightful things that we have seen simply because it gave me what I've been asking for from so many other movies that we've watched. Yes. Wow. That and is. So. I agree. View. Wow. It, that it, is. It, it goes there. Like it goes. It goes as far as you can imagine. There. Right. So, that well, is that is a great teaser for the spoiler room, is yeah, it not? We're off to the spoiler room, so if you don't want to be spoiled, go home and watch Anti-Birth. If you do want to well, be we'll spoiled, t- review it. Right? If you're from Michigan, we just, just <laughs> tweet us. <laughs> so we're about to go to the spoiler room. If you want to watch Anti-Birth, go home and watch Anti-Birth. If otherwise, if you want to be spoiled, stick Please around. Please don't. don't do it. Stick around for Afterbirth. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. The placenta. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're in the spoiler room. It's dark and dank. We've got our bongs. We've got our tequila, our menthol cigarettes, and we're going to spoil everything about anti-birth. Chris is... Chris is ripping it real hard right now. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <coughs> yeah, this was a great movie. I'd say view you it. Pass it, pass it over? <laughs> Finally, you give it the viewing. You give it the rating it deserves. Uh, yeah. So, where were we? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Right. This Good movie, job. guys, let's be honest. This movie was fucking great. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think this might be the best movie I've seen in 10 years. Uh, the part with the TV, it was like static and, and shit. Like, like, a, wow. I mean, like, I feel like, I feel like they're like, con- like, I don't know, the government is controlling us through the television. Dude, this is a government movie. In the sense I get, movie. I get anyway. Canada. This movie was made by Canada. <laughs> Watch Shit, man. Shit, man. Okay. All right. Funny. All right. Moving on. Yeah. All right. Oh, We're Pat, back. Patrick's oh, Pat, Patrick's got a ticket. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways, enough of that joke. Okay. A yeah. lot of shit happens in this movie, and then okay. we get to the comics. Look, Elizabeth, Let me concisely paint it. Lou is more pregnant than anyone has ever been pregnant before. Except maybe that woman in... Z for Zygo. Yeah, Z for Zygo. Yeah. Oh God! Good, great but point. She's almost that pregnant. Almost that pregnant. Uh, they, Lorna and she go back to her trailer, and she's like, "Fuck, water bursts. She's gonna birth a baby." And water, water breaks. I feel like is generally the term. <laughs> and side note: What's really important to know is that she has been injected with this mysterious drug as a test subject, and inexplicably, this has gotten her. Very pregnant. Yeah, and she yeah. learns this when X shows up. Yeah. He's uh, like Mr. Well, we, we say that because he's black and a government informant of some type. Yeah, and he's been like seen a few times during the film. He was cre- creeping in on like people fucking in a car for a while. And yeah. he's like, is that going to lead to anything? And it didn't seem like it was going to until... But it turns out end. he's CIA man. Yeah. So... She's been injected with this drug. She's super pregnant. And there's, like, the the two dealers who have, like, who are trying to sort of cut this drug and distribute it to people are, like, approaching her house dressed as the SWAT team with machine guns. Fine. So she's at home. Lorna's helping her. And she births the fluke man. Basically, it's a, like creature it's from like, the black yeah, lagoon. The head of the creature from the black lagoon, alien monster head out of there. Just a head. Just, Just a head, head. head with some with like, tendrils. Yeah, yeah. Full, full adult size that. though, like head. not yep. a baby. It's a full adult. Full adult head. It has head. eyes. It has a nose. It has a mouth. that's going. She 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 gives head essentially. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so she burrs it. Lorna weirdly is like Lou. Look what you've created. This is beautiful. She loves it. She's a hippie. She's a hippie. Lou's kind of like, good. Glad that's over. They put the thing in a chamber with a gas. Well, they, I love Lou's whole reaction to this like, entire good. climax. I'm glad She's I'm like, gone. great. We've missed She's the, completely we, we've unmoved. We've missed the broad strokes of the friendship between Chloe and Tasha's characters, too. Because like, there's a lot of conflict that happened oh. before this. But yeah. We're not, not, not going to go back to it. Watch don't. the movie. Like you, but, yeah. you know, the real climax happens when these two drug dealers who are dressed as the SWAT team approach the house. They, oh, that's when I climax. <laughs> like, hardcore. They, they bust inside. Basically... I mean, what's the interpretation for you guys on this? Is this drug a government conspiracy? Yes Absolutely. or no? Oh, yeah. It doesn't okay. matter. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. This Wait, movie's about... why is that like, a question? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I feel like, ultimately, it doesn't matter whether or not it's a government conspiracy. It's about Natasha Leone's character and her mindset and, like, what is real in her life. Like, I feel like this is a story of a woman who is abused, and she's trying to find answers... Once she becomes aware enough to understand that she's been abused, to what's happened to her. And I feel like the government conspiracy angle is just sort of, like, meant to be kind of comical. I like it better if it's not a government conspiracy. Like, it obviously yeah. seems like a government conspiracy, but what if this uh, the guy Isaac, who's the black guy who is, like, adopting, who's, like, behind pulling the strings, uh, what if he's just, like, a... 
like a hippie UFO enthusiast guy, and this is like a side Dude, great premise. That's cool. So, I mean, we don't really know if it's government or not. It seems like it is, but it definitely seems like it is, and I definitely like it better as a government conspiracy. Okay. I mean, I keep referencing X Files actually almost as much as Steve has been referencing Repo Man, yeah. but I mean, that was what I enjoyed about this was it was you know oh the government is secretly testing its drugs on yeah. you know this well you know that's the rural t- poor that's a tentative tie at best because you know if they're gonna if if you're gonna draw the government into any movie you need to make these connections clear in my opinion they were made clear but i think that's why lorna's character is relevant because you, you talked about how oh, she was in the yeah. military you guys are taking this early way on. way way too seriously okay, whatever doesn't, it doesn't matter we're matter. discussing it we're no, just, no, I mean, i've been listening and it's entertaining it i'm just saying matter. lighten up like this movie does not have a big message i don't think no, it's it not was about if it around. has a message we're talking about if the government conspiracy angle is meant to be taken seriously i think what really matters is when one of the SWAT team dudes busts into the trailer, mm-hmm. attacks Lou, and she's like drunk, wasted, stoned, as always. And she's like, get away from me. Then, out of her vag, shoots the rest of the alien body. So feet first, like an entire human body comes out of her deflates her flesh my question about this movie is very z is for zygote we we end on the alien body carrying the head as someone else comes into the room is that her like is does she become the alien because it's been birthed from her is her personality in that thing who knows i feel like I, i feel like she's like transcended into a new like like forms. Steve, like, you're what, taking this too seriously. Imagine if like the alien just picks up the bong and it's just like oh, that would have been oh, the perfect ending. That would have been, been it. Yeah. No, the perfect ending is the shot of the alien holding the head, and then it cuts to the title anti-birth. I would love. No, I'm Elizabeth is on point because I thought like like I watched the ending twice because I was like I feel like there's more meant to be read into this like in the screenwriter's mind, not necessarily meant to be interpreted by the viewer. And I was like, is like. Her life is sucked out of her. Her body shrivels up. And I feel like this movie is about a character that needs to grow and transcend into something more, like, Hmm. mature or something else. And I I do actually feel like the intent is, like, the alien is her. I hope so. That would be interesting. I don't. And like she's I love bad the ending at, like, exactly as it was, right on the surface level. All right. Well, here, it is a great ending. Like regardless of reading anything into it, it's like fuck. Like there's a fucking alien here now in place of her. Well, here's the part that pissed that pissed me off, and we kind of glossed over it here. Um, but so she has the alien head, and Lorne is like, "Oh, what a beautiful baby." The G-men show up. This guy Isaac is like, "Oh yes, finally our drug has worked." You can make a new race. You can go to outer space. I've been there. It's beautiful or something. Yeah, it's like oh, so it's crazy. But, but basically the punchline is that they've been trying to create these alien babies, but they have been unsuccessful because no, they come from a toxic home world and only this woman who's been doing oh, right. and eating junk food the entire movie. She has a toxic enough womb. Yes. Yeah. The, the years of your abuse have provided the perfect level of toxins for this conception. <laughs> like, that's one of my favorite lines in film history. It was, a great it was funny. It was a good ending, but then I'm like, wait a minute. Is this the justification for all of the shit that I've just watched about, like, what's going on in this meth Did town? you give it a screw it, Chris? Yeah, I gave it a screw it. 
Um, and so I just thought it was like kind of a crass way to bring all those threads together. I'm like, you're showing me all this human trafficking, opioid, poverty shit, and it's for that? Is that why? You know what? I, I felt I, fine I totally because ag- I didn't take it seriously. Wait, Patrick was about to moment. agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> I totally appreciate that. You're right. Uh, and I did laugh in that moment, and I was laughing at the expense of the characters. Yeah. So you're all right. But I don't change my fucking That's rating. It's still a view it with prejudice. It's, but I do fucking... totally appreciate your criticism of this movie more now. Good. Yeah, I mean, it has like a John Waters mentality where, like, you're sometimes you're going to laugh at the characters and sometimes you're going to laugh with them, but ultimately you're laughing at the absurdity of human existence in its most desperate moments. And I love that about this movie. Because by then I was, I cared enough. I actually, I was like, okay, I have sympathy for these people. I care about these characters. And I was like, oh, was that really all just for this, like, bro, edgy, like, oh, she had the toxic womb because she just ate too much donuts and did too much drugs while she was pregnant. What if someone did so many drugs while they were pregnant that they could only raise an alien baby from a toxic planet? I was like, all right. I mean, whatever. Still, the ending was about the best part of the movie for me, but... I thought it kind of soiled what had come before it. Well, you know, we had a lot of disagreements about this movie, but I think we can all agree on the fact that we love seeing a full-fledged alien come out of a person. I mean, we've been waiting for that for a long time. Really satisfying conclusion, and just seeing Chloe and Natasha just being Great to best see them friends again. on screen. Good to Ad- see them. Adorable. I love it. So charming. Wonderful. It, Elizabeth, it's like you said a couple of weeks ago. One of your favorite things is a woman impregnated by something that's not a human. That's true. This is a great joy in horror movie life, in my opinion. Chris, what are we watching next? Is there going to be a woman impregnated by a non-human object? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I never look up the synopses on these movies before I watch them. That's part of the joy for well, me. Well, maybe we can deduce from the movie title. Archivo 253, okay? Well, I think it's a Spanish movie. Ooh, Archivo. Like, hey, we liked Rec 4. Yeah, I'm, I, you know what? I, I didn't. Well, <laughs> you thought it was fine. I refuse to believe no. that foreign <laughs> films can be as bad as bad American films. I'm I'm always curious. I mean, like I I think my I love Korean horror. There's a lot of great stuff coming out of there. So yeah, I'm down. So we're gonna be going to Spain or Mexico or somewhere in Latin America, and we're gonna see what's in the old archivo. Archivo. Ladies look, and gentlemen, guys, please. we don't know where archivo. the fuck we're going. Next we don't week. know where we're going. We're there's like, g- well, look, there's one thing we do know: there's gonna be subtitles. There's gonna be some. I hope, <laughs> which God. has historically proven to be a bit of a problem for some of the people on this podcast. But if, I'm feeling good about it. If there's not subtitles, we have to watch it anyway. <laughs> Very so, true. We're gonna have to get some Rosetta Stone. <laughs> we're going to Spain or somewhere. Who knows? It'll be like Carmen San Diego. You'll find out when we get there. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, if you miss us, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and definitely our Instagram. We're on there, Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast, at all those platforms. And you can send us a letter. You can leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Like, share, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Chris, 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 what if you wanted to not send us a letter or like or follow or share or subscribe, but troll us on one of those platforms or all of them, perhaps? Maybe uh, we'll troll you back. Mmm. Mmm. Hmm. Okay. With with the fury of what has never been seen before on the internet. <laughs> with the fury of Fire a thousand pregnant women. Fire and fury. <laughs> Until then, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. Hello, Zep. Done. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Steven. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.